A reading from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that through the, though the bush was not on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, Here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites. Now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you, and this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, the name by which I am to be remembered from generation to generation. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this passage, for this amazing experience of Moses, and even though the appearance of the fiery bush may be familiar to many of us. We pray that you would give us a fresh understanding of what you were doing in the life of Moses and what it means to us today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Have you ever been in a situation where an opportunity comes your way, but it's a, it's a scary opportunity? Uh, it may have the potential for something to be really good, but when you think about it, you have that sense of anxiety that you're just not sure if you have what it takes. When I think about situations like that, the first thing that comes to my mind 
is when I was preparing to go to basic training as I was joining the Army Reserves. And uh, I was excited about it. I had been working on my application. I had been working on it actually for a couple of years in order to get in. And finally, the time had come for me to prepare to go to Canadian Force Base uh, Borden and to receive my training as an Army chaplain. But I was anxious about it. Uh, I remembered that I was not that athletic. I wasn't really physically fit. Uh, I wasn't sure that I would have what it took to do uh, all of the army discipline, and the, the marching and the drill and all of the other things that were going to be going on. So I had a lot of doubts about my own ability to go and be successful. In fact, I still remember the day that I left to go to Borden because I stopped uh, on the way to the group home where my daughter Abby was and we went out to, uh, for lunch at McDonald's and I was uh, remember sitting there trying to enjoy our daddy-daughter date and I was thinking through the whole thing, do I really have what it takes? Am I making a mistake? Am I going to be able to do this? I had a lot of questions about uh, if this was going to happen. It, was, it created a huge amount of anxiety for me. Now, as I shared those thoughts and those feelings, that's only a small uh, part of what Moses was going through as we look at this story of his calling by God. He was experiencing uh, something like that, but much more intense. So we're going to take a look at what was going on. So we start our story here with Moses on Mount Horeb, which is also known as Mount Sinai. It's uh, the place where eventually the, uh, the Ten Commandments are going to be revealed. So this is a very important place. But we need to give a little bit of background as to what brought Moses to this place. Uh, Moses was a Hebrew by birth, but he was raised in an Egyptian household. Not just any Egyptian household, but the household of Pharaoh. And so he was raised with all of the privileges of being a prince of Egypt. He received their education, all of the comforts, and everything else. And so that took up the first chapter of his life, uh, living in a, a high-class Egyptian uh, household. But eventually, Moses came to terms with his Hebrew heritage, and he saw how the Hebrew slaves were being mistreated by the Egyptians. And one day, as he was watching an Egyptian guard beating a Hebrew slave, he couldn't hold on any longer, and he uh, attacked and killed that Egyptian guard. And what he had hoped to have been a secret uh, event, uh, something that no one would know about, suddenly became public. Uh, people were aware that Moses had killed an Egyptian guard, and this was going to be big trouble. And so Moses was forced to flee from Egypt, to leave his home and everything that he knew, and to go off to a strange country. And it's there that eventually uh, he meets a, a man named Jethro, and he, uh, Moses marries 
uh, Jethro's daughter. And so he begins to work for his father-in-law. He is taking care of sheep and he's uh, living a life that is extremely different from the privileged life that he had lived as an Egyptian prince. And so there is Moses, uh, just content with his new life and taking care of the sheep and working for his father-in-law. And he finds himself on Mount Horeb. And while he is there, something incredible takes place. There is a bush, which isn't all that surprising, but this bush seems to be on fire. And it's not just on fire, it's not being consumed. Uh, I have uh, set some uh, dried up old bushes on fire in uh, bonfires in backyards, and they go up pretty quick. But this bush was not being consumed. So something was going on. Not only was it on fire, it began talking to Moses. And so God was speaking to Moses through this bush. And God tells Moses that he has seen the suffering of his people, and it is time for them to be brought to freedom. And not only that, God was going to use Moses to make this happen. Well, uh, you might think if something like that happened, you would just jump at the chance, but that was not Moses's reaction at all. Uh, he had some pretty major concerns about doing this. And we can't really blame him because what we've seen is that he's already taken a stand and, and tried to make a difference and to help someone. And he found himself uh, as a wanted man uh, who had to flee his, his country. And that's when he was only trying to help one Hebrew. And now God's calling him to free a whole nation of Hebrews. How is Moses going to do something like this? And so Moses begins to give all kinds of excuses as to why he can't do that. In fact, if you continue to read on in Exodus chapter 3, beyond the passage that I have read for you, you'll find that there's more and more excuses that Moses gives because he really is not feeling like he is able to do this. This seems to be beyond his capability and he really does not want to do it. It's interesting because... Uh, Centuries after this, there would be another appearing of God to another prophet, the prophet Isaiah. And in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8, the way that Isaiah responds is, Here am I, send me. And in this chapter of Exodus, when God speaks to Moses, uh, Moses does say, Here am I. But his words that we find later on in the chapter really seem to be indicating that what Moses wants to say is, here am I, send someone else. He doesn't want to give in to what is going on. And so we can be sympathetic to Moses in that he has already had a bad experience. But God has something very specific to say to Moses in this situation. God says to Moses, I will be with you. And that's what makes the difference. That's why what is about to happen, even though it was on a greater scale than what happened with Moses and that Egyptian guard, uh, this is going to be different because God was going to be with Moses. Uh, God was not going to make Moses do it on his own. God would be present 
with him. Now, I would love to tell you that what that means is that uh, Moses goes off uh, aware of God's presence and everything is easy. He just confidently walks into Pharaoh's palace and says, listen, Pharaoh, this is the way things are. Uh, you're letting my people go and I don't want to hear anything about it. And Pharaoh says, okay, no problem. And uh, the Hebrew people say, okay, Moses, we're with you. And off they go and they, they live happily ever after. That is not the situation. We find as we go through Exodus that the Pharaoh did fight against Moses. Uh, he uh, took back his word. Uh, he went after Moses. Uh, he made the life of the Hebrews more difficult. And even the Hebrews had a lot of questions and doubts about Moses. There was a lot of difficulty that happened after there. But, but... God was still with Moses. That is the big difference. So this is all very nice for Moses. But as we look at this story, it is not just about us learning about an experience of a Hebrew many centuries ago. Rather, this is our story. Moses' story is our story. And that's what we're, we're going to take a look at. Now, you might think, wait a minute. Uh, I have never experienced anything like what Moses has experienced. I've never experienced a burning bush that talked to me, and so I don't really know what you're saying. Well, the basic thing that is happening here in the story of Moses is that God has a mission for Moses, and Moses does not feel confident to go through it and to be successful, and God encourages him by reminding him of his presence. And that kind of story plays out in our life as individuals and as a church over and over and over again. So what is our mission? For Moses, it was the mission to free the Hebrew slaves from Egyptian tyranny. What does our mission look like? Well, it's actually not that hard to find out what our mission is. We don't need a burning bush to tell us. We have the scriptures. We have the words of Jesus. And uh, Jesus makes it very clear what our priority is. And we can find them in the Great Commandments and the Great Commission. The Great Commandments are that we are to love God and to love our neighbor. And so to fulfill the great commandments, we are to focus and invest on our relationship with God in worship and in prayer and in the study of the scriptures and just spending time in his presence in that way, really developing that relationship, not just adopting a religion, but really embracing that relationship with God. And we are to love our neighbors. We are to help them in need. The love that that Jesus is talking about here is not just about a feeling, it is about how we act. And in fact, uh, Jesus illustrates what it's like to love your neighbor by the parable of the Good Samaritan. And there we're talking about uh, two people who had nothing in common and no reason to love each other, and yet the one person saw the other in need and really uh, put themselves out there to help that person in practical ways. And so that's what the Great Commandments are about, loving God and loving our neighbor. The Great Commission is for us to go 
to go and make disciples. So we are to go, whether it is uh, internationally or locally, and make disciples of Jesus. So yes, we are supposed to help people uh, to have food, to have uh, um, their basic needs met. That is important. But we're also supposed to be uh, helping people to become followers of Jesus, making disciples. And so that's our mission. That's what we're supposed to do. Uh, I would say it is pretty simple. It's not easy, but it's pretty simple. We love God, we love our neighbors, and we make disciples. That's our mission. That's what God is calling us to do. If there was a burning bush speaking to us, that's what we would hear, to love God, love our neighbors, and make disciples. But as we hear that mission, we have all kinds of excuses. We might be thinking, oh, I, I don't have enough money to do that. Uh, I don't have enough skill. I don't have the right schooling. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too shy. I'm too introverted. I'm too extroverted. Whatever it is, we have all kinds of excuses. We can have that excuse as individuals. And even as a church, we can look and say, well, you know, we don't have enough people to do that. Or our budget is not big enough to do that. But you know what? God is as impressed with our excuses as he was with Moses. And that is not at all. Uh, he's not interested in our excuses. We can give all kinds of reasons why we can't do it. And God wants us to do it anyways. And he doesn't want us to do it on our own. The same thing that God spoke to Moses, he speaks to us. I will be with you. Do you remember the name of Jesus that we celebrate at Christmas each year? Uh, coming from a prophecy in Isaiah? Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is the presence of God with us. God is with us. And so when he asks us to fulfill our mission, he wants us to do it in his presence, being aware that he is with us. And that is what we can do. God will never leave us nor forsake us. But like the situation with Moses and the freeing of the Hebrews, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be discouragement. There's going to be things that come against us. But God will be with us. And that is what ensures our success. Not our own ability, not our own skills, not even our own confidence, but the presence of God. I began this message by talking about my feelings and my anxiety about going off to basic training. And what I would love to tell you is that I arrived at Borden and realized I was worrying for no reason. Everything was fine. Everything was easy. I would be able to uh, run kilometers and kilometers without any problem that I could march on beat and, and everything worked out perfect. I can't tell you that because it was hard. It was really, really hard. In fact, when it came to drill, I got the lowest possible score to be still able to pass. And uh, so it was, it was a challenge. I looked at my car quite often and thought, uh, I wouldn't mind just hopping in that car and taking off and, and just giving up on this. But I stuck with it. Even though it was hard, I continued to fulfill what I was supposed to do. And eventually I got to the end of the training and I passed. 
I keep this in my office. I don't have every single certificate I've earned uh, in my office, but I have this one here. And this is my certificate of completion for my basic military officer qualification. Because no matter what I felt, no matter what doubts I had, I was able to get through that. And it is the same thing when it comes to us in our mission from God. God has something for us to accomplish. He has an opportunity he has given us. It is scary. We're not sure if we have what it takes, but God will be with us. God was with Moses. God will be with Queen Street Baptist Church. God will be with each of us as individuals. That is his promise. And because of that, we can hold firm. Let us pray. God, we thank you for the story of Moses. We thank you for the ways that you worked in his life and, and didn't accept his excuses, but insisted that he move forward, to move forward in your presence. Lord, as we think about all of the things that we are supposed to do of loving God, loving our neighbor, making disciples, it seems to be a lot. We doubt our own ability, but it's not based on our ability. It's a bond. It's based upon your presence in our life. Remind us of that each and every day. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.